Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, take your Bible, uh, turn to the book of Exodus. Chapter three and four on the second uh, second part of the series called "Exiled: The Life of Moses, Liberator, Lawgiver, and Leader." So it's the second part. If you missed last week, we talked about Moses beginning building baskets of faith. If you're a parent, it's on YouTube. It's on all of our uh, social media platforms. If you uh, if you missed that. Uh, so today we'll get, I'm going to start reading in a moment from Exodus, uh, Exodus 3. I want to set it up this way, the, the scripture reading for today. I love the word opportunity. Opportunity. It means possibility. It means potential. It means open doors, you know, so I like that. Now, there are all kinds of opportunities that we are presented with throughout our life and we always have the option whether to go through that door of opportunity or not or when we go through that door how do we kind of handle it when we move through there what are the decisions that we make what is our attitude and our frame of mind once we go through that that particular door and we're going to just kind of see this kind of woven through the scripture reading. So let me bring you up to date. Last that we saw Moses last week, he was living in Pharaoh's palace. He was being raised by his mother. This was extended, you know, to the early part, kind of a mid, you know, up, probably up to his 30s or so that he lived in this, in this palace. He was probably the heir of uh, Pharaoh, and then a lot of things happen to Moses. When we go to Exodus 3, we see uh, he has moved. He has left uh, Egypt. He's now living back in Israel. He's living in Midian, okay, several hundred miles away. So he's left Egypt. He's in Midian. And he's just hanging out one day around the public well, okay? Let's just say it's a Friday night, okay? He's hanging out at the public well. Here comes some tough guys, you know, they're, they're rugged, they're shepherds, they come into the public well. Also, there come some pretty ladies up to the public well. Your mother always told you, don't go to the public well on Wednesday night. So Moses, these, these rough guys, these shepherds coming in from the field, they start talking to these girls and abusing these girls. And Moses, you know, he's brave because you're always brave when there's other women around, right? He moves them out of the way, get, you know, gets these guys out of the way. And then he takes these young ladies and he waters their flocks. What a romantic guy, all right? Chocolates, movies, don't, you don't need to do that. Concentrate on watering their flocks, okay? Uh, it seemed to work. 
So Moses, they, they go back and they tell their dad, who was Jethro, about the bravery of Moses. He invites Jethro, excuse me, he invites Moses home for dinner. You know what happens a few months later. Moses has a wife, and a few months later after that, they have a baby. Isn't that a great story, all right? All from the public well, all right? So, uh, so let's read Exodus 3.1. I kind of want you to bring, bring you up to date on Moses. It says, uh, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So let me give you a little update on Moses. At this point in his life, he's 80 years old, right around 80 years old. He has spent the last 40 years of his life living in Midian, okay? Living, you know, with, with his family. He lives with and is employed by his father-in-law, okay? He lives with and is employed by his father-in-law. He's 80 years of age. He doesn't even own his own sheep, okay? 40 years he's been, been here in Midian. He lives, you know, basically in the family compound, and he doesn't even own his own sheep. He's tending Jethro's sheep. He's the shepherd, you feed the sheep, you water the sheep, you protect the sheep, you live outdoors all the time with the, with the sheep, you sleep in caves, you know, from, from time to time. And it's, I mean, it's just this boring, boring life. Usually four times a day, they would count the sheep to make, you know, to be accountable for them. So let's just say they're, there are 50 sheep, all right? I mean, he just, four times a day, you counted just to make sure that they were all there. It's boring, it's circular, every day looks the same, and he did this pretty much for 40 years, okay? So I'm sure that at some point in this monotonous routine that he's going through, that there's a day that he has a flashback. You ever had a flashback? Man, what, what am I doing here? Counting sheep. I was the prince of Egypt. I lived in the palace. I had servants, you know, any need that I had. I had servants. I, you know, I traveled. I was exposed to high culture. I ate the finest of foods. I had the finest of education, science, literature, even the emerging hieroglyphics and language that was, that was coming from Egypt at that particular time. I'm sure in the monotony of being a shepherd, at some point he had to go, man, what, what's going on? I've blown it. I have blown it. I had it all. You ever had a flashback like that about, about your particular life, maybe an opportunity that you had at some point that you feel like you just blew it, that you just messed up. Man, look what was in front of me. I've missed it, and now life 
has moved on. And you look at where you're at now and you see no value and purpose in what you're doing now in relation to the opportunity that you had in your past. You ever had a flashback like that? So here's Moses probably living with a little regret mixed with some self-pity. Probably thinking that way as he's counting the sheep. And you know, then one sheep's always missing. Yeah, I got 49. Where's that other sheep? Looking at his life, living with sheep. He smells like sheep. And he's a long way from the potential and the opportunity that he had as the prince of Egypt. Look at verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. So he's in the wilderness. He's moving these sheep, wildfires, brush fires. That would not necessarily be uncommon, but this one is a little bit different because it's on fire, but the, the brush, the bush is not being consumed. So that gets his attention and he starts to walk a little closer to this bush. He's very curious. And here's what happens when he comes up on the bush. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And it says Moses was so afraid of what was going on that he like took his coat and he and he hid he hid his face. Let me just say, I would have done that too. Okay. I'd have probably fled. Let me just say that. So I want to ask you a question this morning. When is the last time you had a powerful personal experience with the Lord. Now, I realize this is a little bit different. This is one of those kind of religious historical, you know, uh, big rocks that, that, are, that are important to religious history. But I just want to ask you something. When's the last time that you've had a powerful personal experience with God, you and him one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes we look at other people, we look at their spiritual life with a little envy. Man, that'd be nice to hear that word. That'd be nice to have had that experience. You hear the testimonies of others and it makes you just a little envious sometimes. Well, let me just say something this morning to you. God has an experience just for you. God has a word for you. God has a worship experience for you. God has a prayer experience for you. He's got a dream that he wants to uh, release in your life. And there are times, even though this is a little different, that God wants to meet face to face with you because he's got something to say to you. We got to give him those 
opportunities, all right? So some of you, like I could just ask, has it been a while? Has it been a while since you go, you know, man, it's just since, since I've just had this experience with the Lord one-on-one. If that's been the case, I just want to encourage you today to lean in to that, to press in to God's presence. The book of James says that when we, you know, we draw nigh to God, that he will draw close to us. When we draw close to God, he'll draw close to us. Listen to me. He's not just the God that is present with you at salvation, but he is the God that gives guidance, direction, words, and clarity throughout the entire course of our life. All right? So I want to challenge you. If it's been a while, if it's been a while, man, get, find yourself a place. Have an experience. Have an experience with the Lord. Here we see Moses. He's trembling. He's, he's hiding his face from God's presence. His shoes are off. He's sensing uh, this unusual power and presence of God. He's, he's trembling. And here's what the Lord says to Moses in that moment. He says, I've indeed heard the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them, con- I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into uh, that land into a good and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses said, what was that last part again? What? Can I I just say, God heard their misery, their cry, their suffering, and their situation, and he still knows where you're at today. He still knows. He still knows. He sees tears. He sees brokenness. That same God is still here today. I asked you a moment ago, have you ever had flashbacks of the past where you felt like you've blown it, you've missed an opportunity? Man, you had this, you had this, you know, in your hand and all of a sudden you blew it. Well, I just want to, let's just learn something from the life of Moses here. What you think is a failure and a blown opportunity, God calls preparation for the next season. What you think is a failure and a blown opportunity, God calls preparation for the next season. You see ashes, he sees beauty. You see brokenness, he sees wholeness. What you perceive as a setback, God really is going to use as a second chance. Instead of your past disqualifying you from the future, now the uniqueness of your past qualifies you for what God wants to do and use in your life. All right? Now listen. So he sees the suffering. I mean, he's noticed. He's lived in Egypt for years. 
and he's seen the abuse. He's seen the, you know, the, the hurting, the, you know, the slavery of the Hebrews. A lot of times it was just on his chariot as he rode by, you know, or maybe from the, the high point of the palace, he looked down and he saw the suffering and it was unsettling. It was unsettling to him. We see that in previous passages. It was, it was bothering him. Listen to this. Sometimes our revelation of suffering or of spiritual need is a way God awakens me to do something about it. All right. Sometimes our revelation of suffering or of spiritual need is a way that God awakens me to do something about it. So Moses had seen, he was aware of what was going on, this suffering, and there was this awareness, and now God is taking this awareness because Moses is now the answer. He is the person to bring them out of this particular suffering. So sometimes we get this, these, this awareness of a need, awareness of suffering, and it may not be just for prayer. There may be something else that God has in store for you. Gary Hagen, he's a lawyer. He goes to our Assemblies of God Church in Washington, D.C., uh, Mark Batterson National Community Church. He's a lawyer. And he worked for the Department of Justice. He worked in kind of some of the refugee kind of areas and uh, with human suffering, trafficking, those kind of things. And he became, uh, he, he became very well known for his gifts and skill in this area to the point that the United Nations asked our country to borrow him. And he was the lead investigator for the slaughter that was going on in Rwanda. Okay, if you remember that from the news, 800,000 innocent people slaughtered, okay? Uh, you know, just genocidal, starvation, rape, you know, uh, slavery. It, it, was, it was awful. So Gary Hagen, he was the lead investigator as they were going to, you know, make war crimes and make determinations of, of who was responsible and also what can we do, you know, what can we do to, you know, help in this situation with people who are left. When he's through with that assignment, he can go back to his job at the Department of Justice. But at that point in his life, he had been exposed to too much. He had seen suffering, he had, he had heard cries, he had met people. So just to go back and pick up his check again and take his former job, that was insufficient. He felt like there was something else that God would have him to do. So Gary started a nonprofit legal organization called International Justice Mission. He's got like 100 people that work with him. They are lawyers, investigators, social workers, and humanitarian groups. And their goal is to look worldwide to alleviate oppression and human suffering all across the world. That's what he's given his life to now. So I just want to say to you, sometimes our revelation of suffering 
or spiritual need is a way that God awakens me to do something about it. Sometimes it's not just for me to pray over. Sometimes God wants to use me, you know, as, a, as an answer to that prayer. So let me just say this to you about the call and the commission of God. Let me say this to you. M Moses, Moses had a direct kind of, you know, uh, uh, conversation with God. There was something specific that God wanted him to do. Now listen about the call of God, all right? It's not always, the call of God is not always to quit your job and to go to Bible school or the mission field. There may be something right here that he wants you to do. When we talk about following God's call, sometimes we get a little nervous, but there are times that God, you know, it's not a, a move that you make. It's an awareness and that you may have the answer right here. Five or six years ago, I stood on this, platform and we talked about the need of homeless people in our community all right George and Doris Beck and others they heard that and we started Street Hope just a few months after that which has fed thousands of people thousands of people clothed hundreds of people, developed relationships with homeless people just right here. So I'm just saying to you, every call that you feel or sense is not necessarily, I gotta move and go. Sometimes it's right there. It's just this awareness. Now God just doesn't want me to be aware, but he's calling me to do something. We came back from Compact in Hot Springs last year. We became aware of the, of the foster care need in our community in our world and just started talking about that what can we do and Melissa Dansell and some others said you know what I think there are some things that we can do to help foster kids and foster parents here in our community so we started GC families we bought over a thousand dollars worth of Christmas presents for foster kids in December our church has hosted two trainings for foster care we paid for child care we paid for the snacks everything you know we're, we're doing Easter baskets for them we even got a message from them from the uh, foster care agency uh, a month or so ago that said hey we got a brand new foster family that has nothing to care for those kids we bought everything that they needed okay so I'm just saying to you sometimes there's an awareness there's a softness there's a sensitivity of something in a certain area of your life and it's not just for prayer or if you give a few dollars, sometimes you're like Moses, he's going to call you to follow that, that area of sensitivity uh, in your life. And I wanna say this, but there are times that there is a definite call that God may have upon your life. I wanna say to every young person, every young adult, there may be a time that God speaks to you and it is that call that redirects the course of your life. It is a call to missions, it is a call to pastoring, it is a call, it is a call to teaching. And I want you, I want you to be open to hearing that voice from God about his call. And if you ever have any questions about that, Josh, myself, others, we'd love to talk to you about that. So I have this question. What are you seeing? What are you perceiving? What is something that you can't get away from? What's something that's very tender in your heart? What makes you weep? What makes you cry? 
What is something that you feel maybe in your heart that God would have you to do? What is something that God has spoken to you maybe in the past that you haven't walked out or lived that out yet yourself? Okay, let's, let's keep looking at this. Verse 11, Moses is blown away by what God called him to do. So he's got some questions. Wouldn't we all have questions? I'd have some big questions. I call them questions, maybe excuses as well. I'm gonna go through them real quickly. First of all, his first question, who am I? Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Wouldn't we all just, wouldn't we go, who are you talking to? God, what, do you know, like, the enormity of the task versus he knows, you know, he knows, uh, uh, you know, uh, his own limitations. He just saw himself, you know, like, I'm, I'm just a nobody. God, who, who, who am I? How many times have you said this about something in your future? I'm just a whatever. God, you couldn't use me. I'm just this. I'm just a shepherd. I'm a low-class worker. I want to tell you, don't let your present circumstances or vocation put you into a box of what you can or can't do for God, okay? He was framing what God wanted to do based on kind of his present circumstances. And I also want to remind you of something as well. He is never going to give us something to accomplish for him that we can do on our own. It's always, every call is always going to be bigger than my own, my own capacity to pull it off. Now, I hate that. I mean, I really hate that, okay? But, so he says, who am I? We should be humble, aware of the task, but always be available. We should be humble. Lord, this is beyond me, but Lord, I'm gonna walk through it as well. He asked another question. God, are you really with me? Are you really with me? Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what's his name? What shall I tell them? And I love the answer. God said to Moses, I am who I am. What do you do with that sentence? How do you rephrase that to someone else? This is what you are to say to the Israelites. The I am has sent me to you. Are you really with me. His answer that I am comes out a little different in some other languages. Really the term is called Yahweh. It's the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew term for you tell them I am the living God of Israel. I want to remind you of something this morning that Moses is learning. When God calls you and you follow God you can expect that God is standing behind you every step of the way to help you accomplish the purpose that he has sent for you, all right? I am the living God of Israel. I am Elohim. I am the eternal, 
all-sufficient God. And along the pathway, if you need something else, I am there too. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals. I am Jehovah Shalom. If you're upset and worried, I am the God that can give you peace. I am Jehovah Jireh. When it seems like everything has been exhausted, I will provide for you. I am Jehovah Nissi. I'm the banner of the Lord that goes before you. I just want to remind you, he wants to know, God, are you really with me? If you walk in faith, if you walk in the purpose and the destiny that God has called you, I promise God will be with you every step of the way. What if they don't think I've heard from you? Moses said, some of these questions are good questions. are getting on the borderline of a little excuse here. What if they don't think I've heard from you? What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord didn't appear to you? The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And he had a staff, a shepherd's staff. He said, throw it on the ground. And when he threw it on the ground, that thing began to writhe and turned into a snake. All right? Just on the ground. I'm sure Moses was you know, like shocked. And then the Lord said, now take your hand and pick up that snake by the tail. Listen, that had been a bigger step of faith than, for me than the Red Sea. Let me just say that. Good night. I'll grab that tail. What? God, what are you doing? Grab the tail. He grabbed that tail and it became a staff. All right. The Lord said, Put your hand inside your coat. And he did. And when he pulled it out, his hand was white with stinking, horrible leprosy. All right? I mean, at that point, I mean, God, you got to finish this miracle right here. So he said, now put it back in. And when he did, his, his flesh was normal, okay? I want to tell you along the way, and God said to Moses, Listen, if you need something supernatural, if you need something unusual along the course of the way, I'm going to provide that. God chooses to use miracles on some occasions to confirm the message to Moses and to us as well. His last question or excuse. I don't have the gift or skills to do what you're asking. I don't feel qualified. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. Excuse me. I know you're talking. Can I interrupt here just a second? Um, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since I have spoken to you. I am of slow speech and tongue. Okay? I am of slow speech and tongue. Can I just say this to you? God's call on your life may not always line up with your Myers-Briggs. God's call on your life may not always reflect your Enneagram score. God's call on your life may not always follow or flow with the gifts test that the local church gives. But I want to say this to you this morning. Go where God calls you, not necessarily where you want to go.
do what God says, not necessarily what you want to do. All right? You just, you follow God. You follow God's call. You follow his voice. The Lord will change things on the inside of your heart along the way. Go where God calls you, not necessarily where you want to go. Listen to me. We always want to serve where we're good at. We always want to be obedient in the areas of our proficiencies. But that's not always God's plan. If he lets you serve him in the areas that you are good, at the end of the day, you'll be going, man, I'm such a blessing to the kingdom of God. But if he puts you in a moment of weakness, at a point of weakness with your gifts and skills, you will always know that it is the hand of God and the anointing of God that's worked in your behalf. Listen, I told you, I barely got out of high school, okay? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in line at graduation, all right? My family's in town for graduation, but I wasn't sure that I had passed English, okay? And I was nervous. We're on the stage. We're going through, you know, we're going through the, uh, you know, the, the procession. And on the intercom of the gym, the secretary said, would Brian Nugent please report to Mrs. Monk's class? That's my English teacher. Hey, let me tell you, perspiration, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you. Sometimes you've got to have a little talk with Jesus, and I had one. I'm rebuking everything I can rebuke. You know, I'm walking to her class going, I have failed the language that God has called me to communicate the gospel to. So you may look up here in the morning, every morning and go, our pastor, he's a miracle. I'm telling you, I'm a miracle. I am. Paul said, I did not come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I come in the demonstration of the power of God. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength shines. So I want you to know, he will not always call you to your area of proficiency, but you be faithful to that call and God will provide whatever else you need along the way. I want to give you something else. He's talking about his speech. I'm not eloquent. I'm not, you know, I don't have this gift or skill. But I want to give you something else to consider about why he might have been hesitant. Maybe part of Moses' hesitancy was that he was hiding something from his past. If you remember back in the story, Moses came upon a, Egyptian soldier who was beating a Hebrew slave. And they got into it. And Moses killed that Egyptian soldier. We don't know all the circumstances of it. He killed him. All right? There's a death sentence out. Moses tells no one about this, that he had killed someone. But Pharaoh knew. And Pharaoh was looking for him, especially initially, after that happened, okay? Now listen, 
So maybe this whole thing about my tongue, I'm not eloquent, maybe it was just an excuse because Moses got some skeletons in his closet. All right? I want to just say something to you this morning. At some point in your life, you have to confront your hidden past. Okay? All right? Your sins that you've hidden, your skeletons that have been locked away, at some point in your life, you got to deal with these. You got to, you got to, you can't use these as an excuse all the time. All right? Let me just tell you something. If you've got something hidden away, something that's keeping you, you know, from doing God's will, the enemy will always use that against you. He will always use the fact that you've got sin, you've got a skeleton in your closet. He will always use that to keep you from walking into God's plan and God's destiny for you. So maybe, just giving you a hypothetical, maybe Moses is talking about, you know, all, all of my, you know, issues. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good public speaker. But maybe, maybe in actuality, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a skeleton in the closet somewhere. It was something that he had done. Sometimes we'll use an excuse to keep us from having to deal with some real things on the inside. Listen to me. Nobody had a worse past than the Apostle Paul. Nobody. He was there signing the papers when people were killed. He was there signing off on the legal persecution of the church. Nobody had a worse past, more skeletons in the closet than Paul. So can you imagine when God says to him, but you're going to be the bearer of the good news to the Gentiles? He's like, what? What? Don't you know the guilt that he went through? Don't you know... That is, he's, he's sitting in Ananias' house. He's thinking about Stephen, who is there when he was stoned. All of the, the guilt, the self-condemnation that could have, that's probably going through his life. Where would the world be today if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul? So I'm just saying to you, sometimes we have excuses for not doing certain things, but maybe, just maybe it's a little deeper. You got some skeletons there. You got some things that are hidden that you've never really allowed to to come to the forefront and the enemy is keeping you from doing God's will, walking into the destiny that he's created to you because you got that away in your your hat. At some point in your life, you got to confront your past. And the last part, Moses went back to Jethro after this experience and said, let me return to my own people in Egypt and see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, go and I wish you well. So he goes back to Jethro after this amazing experience. Now Moses has had it made, okay? Easy life. No problems. Jethro had been good to him. You know, like father-in-laws, they don't even have to like the son-in-laws as long as they get to see the grandchildren. You know? Moses living there. Grandkids 
are living there, listen to me. He's very comfortable. There's no stress. His life is very predictable. I told you, he's just doing this cycle over and over of being a shepherd. It's kind of boring, but it's predictable, and it's very comfortable for him. Now, he goes to Jethro, and he said, hey, I just want to go see if I have anybody, you know, living back in, in Egypt. He doesn't tell him the whole story, but would Jethro have believed that anyway? Would <laughs> If you tell that story, the burning bush, the snake, the leprosy, sometimes it's just not wise to tell everything you know. All right? And then Jethro, he blesses him. Just go in peace. Go, go. Now Jethro blessed him. Jethro blessed him. Okay? All right? Sometimes family or friends, they don't always understand our walk with God and our passion with God. They don't always understand that, okay? But they don't know the experience that you've had, okay? So Jethro blessed him, but sometimes our family, they think we're nuts. Your family may not always understand the plan or the call that God has on your life, but they've never seen or heard your burning bush at all. They've never seen it. So I want to I want to tell you, man, it's nice to have the affirmation of people, but sometimes they'll criticize, sometimes they'll question, but I want to encourage you this morning, man, you keep living for God, you keep walking for God, whatever, whatever the audience says, it doesn't matter, God's called me, God's called me. He makes this step of faith, this big move, and I want to tell you, anytime you take a step of faith, God will honor you. God will honor your step of faith. Brent, worship team, you can come. So here's Moses. He packs up the U-Haul. Come on, work with me here, work with me. Been here 40 years. Very comfortable, easy, predictable. He's able to control his life. But I want to tell you, when you walk into faith and you walk into the unknown, the comfort and the predictability is gone because it's a life of faith. Some people won't take that next step because they lose control. When they want predictability, they lose comfort. When there might be some uncomfortable seasons so they, so they, don't, they don't follow the Lord, okay? But there's a time in your life that you got to make a decision and you don't look back, okay? If anybody remember from history, world history, Hernando Cortez, remember the name and the story? Remember that? Shake your head if you remember the name. I see some of you. I don't think you're telling the truth. Because <laughs> if I come down there and ask you to tell the story, I better hear it. He comes to the new world as an explorer, and then he, they get off the ships, but he's got people who are a little nervous about being in the new world. They're thinking about jumping on those ships and going back. You know what he did? He burned the ships. He burned the ships. Set them on fire. Some of you are at the point of your life where you need to burn some ships. You're always looking for the way back, the easy way, but the life of faith, you cut the bridge behind. It's a big step of faith. 
It's a big step of faith in your service to God. It's a big step of faith in your call of God. So Moses takes off, got his family, all their belongings, and they are going back to Egypt. Going back from where he's a free man, he's going back to Egypt. Look what the, look what's said. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all of those who wanted to kill you are dead. Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, started back to Egypt, and he took the staff of God in his hand. Moses took the first step of telling Jethro, I'm going back. He took the first step. And then once he took the first step, additional information came. Something that might have been bothering him about taking his family back into a country where there's a death sentence for him. We want all the information up front so we can make a calculated decision. But there are times that you make decisions on the call and the plan of God's life when the unknown is still out there. We don't know. That's why it's called a a walk of faith. But once Moses said, we're going, we've burned the ship, we're headed back to Egypt, even though there was some apprehension and fear in his heart, God said, hey, and Moses would have had no way to have known this. The people that have sought you, they're dead. And Moses walks in that. We want it in reverse. We want all the information up front. It's not that way. We walk into the unknown. Faith is a walk of the unknown. But I want to tell you, go ahead, burn your ships, walk into the unknown, and God will take care of the rest. Would you give the Lord praise this morning? God will take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to do some prayer this morning over some of these things that we've talked about today. Maybe God's speaking to your life, has spoken to you. I'm going to give the opportunity of the Holy Spirit this morning to, to move and meet needs. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Just being sensitive to everyone around. I want to ask a question. How many of you are here at some point, you know, in your life now, you just go, hey, I, I feel like I've blown it. Like you're like Moses. Man, I blew this opportunity. I just blew an opportunity. I had this. I made poor judgments. Whatever you want to say. I just feel like, I feel like I've blown it. Really quick, would you just raise your hand up and down? Say, would you pray for me today? I just feel like I've, I've blown and... The, the way I've blown it now, I feel like is affecting me where I'm, I'm at. Can I just, I just want to pray over you this morning. Lord, I pray and I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the second chance. And there are times that you take ashes that just seem waste. It's a a, a sign of my wasted life, but you make beauty out of that. So I pray this morning for those who feel like they have blown it in their life. God, you've got something else in store. Lord, they may live in 
live in regret now, but God, you have something in store. So I pray over those today, God, that you'll speak to them. Lord, we're not defined by our last sin. We are defined by the grace of God working in our lives. And I pray that grace would be revealed. I pray that grace would be revealed. If you're here today and you may say, hey, I'm I'm feeling a compassion, a sensitivity to a need. I feel like God may be calling me to do something. I have something I can't get off my mind. I'm not sure what to do with it at this point. Real quick, would you raise your hand up and down and just say, pray for me this morning. Pray for me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray. I pray the first part of the call, Lord, is an awareness of the need. Lord, I pray for those who, who, who have been struggling with the what's next. Lord, why are you saying this to me? Lord, why do I feel Why do I feel this way? Lord, I pray, and I don't know the individual needs, but Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak. There's some, Lord, that you're revealing today. Lord, you got something else in store. There's something that you want them to do with this sensitivity and this brokenness that they have in their heart. God, I pray over them today that they'll walk into that. I pray that they'll walk into that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here today, and just real quick, say, Pastor, I just got something in my past that I just need to, I just need, it's bothering me. I can't, can't get past it. Really quick, would you raise your hand up and down? Just say, pray for me this morning. Just pray for me this morning. Just got something in my past that I continually deal with. Lord, I pray, I pray for those that are dealing with sins and issues of the past. And Lord, they are defining because they're keeping people They're keeping people from walking into your destiny. Lord, so I pray this self-condemnation, this hiddenness, Lord, I pray, God, they'll confront it, they'll walk through it, because Lord, this this is not a, a prison door to keep them behind. It's gonna be an open door, and there's gonna be something that they have learned in this season, Lord, that will be applicable to their future. Lord, I pray. I pray for those that are dealing with hidden sins, Lord, hidden things hidden in their heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.